Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day. A beautiful day for us to be here in the studio together and learn some things about each other. We've got a, a jam-packed shoot session here for you today. This episode is going to be amazing. But before we even get started, I just want to do a, a catch-up with you and let you know what's been going on with me over the last week. This past Friday, I had the opportunity to give a presentation to a middle school group of students who were graduating from eighth grade and going ahead and going to high school. It was really, really, really cool. Loved it. The students, they were awesome. One of the young ladies, she cleaned up. I mean, she won about five awards. I was like, man, you know what? This is like the Grammy. She's just on a suite for awards. So I thought that that was super cool. But, you know, the message that I gave to them was that the tools that you need to create your life, you already have. And they're as simple as three things that have helped me to create my life, which are two ears, two feet, and belief. And you've probably heard me talk about this a bit on the show before, but the two ears, which represent listening, and then the two feet, which represent taking action, and then the belief, which represents the most important aspect. Because without belief, you know what I mean? You won't make it through those hard times, those tough challenges. And in that, I talked about the two ears being a part of my life growing up early on, facing adversity and not really knowing how I was going to you know, make it out of my situation and out of foster care. But I had this idea in these thoughts these four things that I wanted to become being that I wanted to move far, far away from home from where I grew up and be happy every day and live life on my own terms. And that I wanted to be a millionaire and that I wanted to have my own clothing company and that I wanted to be a host for MTV and have my own show and advertise my clothes on it. And so these were my dreams, but I didn't know how to get there. And so there was my ninth grade photography teacher, uh, Miss Wilson. At this point, I was in 11th grade when she and I had this discussion. And she's the one who really sat down with me and taught me how to fill out college scholarships, college applications, the FAFSA form, and all of these things. And that's what helped me listening to her and then taking action upon the words that she was teaching me are the things and the tools that helped me to actually go ahead and make it out of Vallejo and go on to Atlanta to go to college. And those that skill set also still helps me today in my life, whereas listening and being quiet and taking action when the action is necessary and believing that you can literally do whatever you want to do. And you've heard that time and time again. That's how the show made it to Sirius XM is because I believed. And that the people who all had worked with me and who still continue to work with me, we all believed in that one vision. And so these, this is literally the God. I know it sounds so simple, but it, it's so true. I really wanted to make sure that the students really got that and that they could take it away with them. In addition to having the opportunity to hear my presentation, they also had the opportunity to receive a copy of my book, the second book that I wrote, first one to be published, 10 Ways Anyone Can Graduate from College Debt-Free. 
Now, if you have been listening to the show, then you know that I actually did revise that book and made the 2.0 version uh, sometime last year. And so they got a copy of the 2.0 version, which is attached to the online program that I created called Debt-Free College Academy, which is an online course that teaches parents and students how to graduate college for free. So I shut down Debt-Free College Academy a while back. And so it's something that I'm really considering uh, rebooting. And it's something that I really, really want to make free for parents and students, especially those in lower economic communities, because I feel like it's information that we all need and that everyone needs in order to make sure that they can, once they graduate from college, they're not drowning in debt and that they can go on and create their best life without all of these hindrances upon them. So the students got a copy of the book, had the opportunity to speak with a lot of the parents there. And actually, some of the parents came up to me and said, hey, aren't you the guy that I saw on TV, which I thought was uh, really <laughs> humbling. Being able to engage in that dialogue and have those conversations and just be real enough to reach out and the students could touch me right there on the spot and have those conversations was, it's an honor because all the time, whenever you're a speaker, and I just had a conversation with someone who's looking to become a speaker earlier before I hopped on air, it's very important for you to understand that your speeches are not about you, that this radio show is not about me. This is about the community doing this for others. And so you're always in service. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that you always have to keep in front of mind because it's so true. It's so necessary. And it really is what separates good speakers from not so good speakers. And with that being said, I also want to talk a little bit about the latest episode that we have released, 10 Ways to Maximize Your Conference and Networking Opportunities. This was an amazing episode for me to record because I had to use some of the skills in the episode that I discussed in order to decide whether or not I was going to go to the conference that I recently went to down in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's that simple. A lot of times you have opportunities and you might go and take on and want to do things because you think that you might get your big break there or you might get meet the person that could change your whole life there and things like that. But in reality, you have to take very highly calculated risks versus just jumping out. Sometimes great things do happen when you do that, but you don't want to become a professional conference attender or a professional networker where that's all that you do. And I think that it's very important for you to really understand that going and having those conversations and meeting people is great. But if you don't have a body of work or something for them to collaborate on with you, then what are you doing? And I think that that's one of the greatest things that I talked about in the book that I wrote about my interview with Matthew Knowles is one of his laws and keys to success was, is that you don't go and ask anyone for permission or what they think about your idea. You go to them when it's time for you to need help executing your idea, not to ask for permission to do your idea. Super important for us to definitely make sure that we're not asking for permission uh, when we're doing things and we're attacking our goals and making things happen. You can go to createyourlifeseries.com or cylseries.com right now, and you can sign up with your email, and then you'll be able to get a downloadable copy of the book, uh, The 10 Success Secrets That I Learned While Interviewing Beyonce's Dad. Something else that's huge, that's big on the horizon that I'm super, super excited to let you all know is, is that I actually just recently signed my biggest contract for speaking and I'm super excited about it. And I think that one of the biggest things that we have to understand and that we need to take a time to understand about the process is that it's going to take a while. It took 10 months to execute this contract, 10 months of calling and emailing and sometimes not getting calls back and not getting emails back, 10 months of being super persistent 
and now going to be on one of the biggest stages ever. It's hard for me to top that stage from Australia with the 925 people from 25 different countries. That's going to be tough to outdo. But this is my biggest corporate opportunity yet, and I'm excited about it. So I can't wait. And this is going to be a professional development training for our new hires and also summer interns. So I'm super excited to go down there and do this full day training uh, with this particular company. Next, I would like to tell you guys about a new company that I've started. And the new company that I've started is called Podcast Laundry. And that's because we want to do the dirty work for podcasters. As a lot of people know, podcasters hate the editing aspect of things, hate doing the editing, hate doing the show notes, tagging the files and things like that. And so that's where we come in. You know, I had my experiences with my bouts with it and things like that. And having talked to a lot of other podcasters, you know, I wanted to figure out a way that I could be in service to them and help them to free up their time so that they can do things that are better. So if you are a podcaster, simply go over to podcastlaundry.com and sign up for one of the membership opportunities and send us the files. We'll be more than happy to take on your dirty work for you. I think that's what I'm going to leave you with right now. I'm going to cut to a quick musical break and come back because I have some more things. We had a lot of audience questions to answer some funny that I'm actually really excited about. So looking forward to uh, being back with you in a couple of minutes. I'm going to hit you with another Afrobeat song. So here we go. This is uh, Sands with uh, Tiggy. Kevin Y. Brown, we are back. That was Tiggy by Sands. And actually, I just found out that he's from Swaziland. So wanted to put that out there. But definitely, you know, always showing love to my people on the continent, you know, with their music. So if you have music, if you're an artist, feel like your music sounds good, or you know some songs, some recommendations, then send them on over. We'll give them a listen and find out, you know what I mean, how to create your life series family feels about it. So let's jump right in. We got these audience questions. Wow. One of the first questions is, is what makes the Create Your Life series so amazing? And that is from Jennifer. I would have to ask the Create Your Life family what makes the show so amazing. I would say that for me, the reason why I'm excited about the show every single time that we come on air is because I know that we're going to get an authentic interview and have the opportunity to ask people questions that we normally wouldn't be able to or that they normally wouldn't answer. I think you also get a real dose of me. think that I'm sometimes quite the character. So therefore, that may have some ups to it. I think that also we have fun on the show. Every time somebody leaves off the show, the guests, they usually say, hey, you know what? I had a really nice time. Uh, And I ask, you know, would you come back and do it? And they say, yeah. And then we send out an email and say, hey, you know what? Do you know some people who would like to be on the show? And they're yeah, I do know someone or I do know three people here. Try these people out. So other than that, I would have to ask those on Facebook Live, Create Your Life Family, please let us know why you feel like the show is a great one. Why do you like the show? Another question, uh, what is your favorite color and why? (laughs) Anybody that knows me knows that my favorite color is gray. Why is my favorite color gray? Because to me, it represents a lot of different things. The fact that it's a non-color, it's the combination of two. It also represents to me, I think, an in the gray area and kind of like outside of the box. And I actually like the way that it looks. It comes in many different shades and great amongst like, oh, you can put something like yellow against it, putty gray, got smoke gray. It's just so many different shades of gray. I just love it. And just had this attraction to it. Plus me, me and me, rebellious and always going to do what Kevin's going to do. That color represents me. Another question. This is funny. What was the best day of your life and why? Wow. The best day of my life? If you want me to keep it 2000% solid with you, the best day of my life was when I was about 23 years old, June 17th. I just found out who my biological father was, just found out about his family, and I went to Portland, Oregon to visit them. And while they're visiting them on my last day, my aunt, literally, she had some pictures of my dad. 
she showed me the pictures of my dad and that last picture that I saw was a picture where we look exactly alike. For me, that was the best day of my life because I had never in my life seen someone who I looked like. So I have siblings, but we don't look alike. I don't look like my biological mother. And growing up in foster care, you just moved throughout all of these different homes. And I never looked like anyone in those homes because we weren't family, right? And so this was like a confirmation of the fact that, hey, you know what, might be someone's child. It was just amazing. You know, I'd always wanted a dad and I'd always wanted to look like someone, be related to someone and actually be able to look like them. And so that was like the best day of my life. So yeah, June 17th, that year was an amazing, I hadn't told my aunt that. And uh, Father's Day, I rolled around. I actually put up a picture of my dad and said, you know, the most important person that I've never met. And she called me and I told her, thank you so much because you gave me the best day of my life. And she was like, why? And I explained to her and she was like, okay, well, you know what? I was happy to be able to participate and be a part of that. And I was like, yeah, it's all good. Uh, Next question. What is something about you that hardly anyone knows? Huh? I feel like a lot of my life is super public. So something about me that nobody knows, I actually used to be a mute. And what does that mean? That means that I would only speak to my older sister at times. And this went on until I was probably around like five years old. I never really talked. So I would communicate with her, but I primarily just observed what was going on. Like before I was five, I lived in nine different places. So it was just literally me just observing everything that was going on. And it was just a lot of everything just being in fast pace and stuff like that. So that's something that not a lot of people know about me. And I'll tell you one other thing that no one really knows about me. I actually used to have a very interesting relationship with food. So if someone set a full plate of food down in front of me, then I would actually eat it up really quickly. Like I'm talking about a full plate of food as a kid, maybe I could crush it in a minute. And this was kind of due to the fact that you grew up in group homes and things like that, then it's survival of the fittest. And if you don't eat your food quickly, then somebody else might take it or the fact that you don't know when your next meal is coming. So I eat my food really quickly and ask for seconds and then kind of try to store it. (laughs) So my foster mom, she actually used to make me take one bite and I had to sit on my hands For 20 seconds, I had to count to 20 and then I could take another bite. So that's how I learned how to eat like a normal human. So those are two facts that nobody knows about me. Uh, And I want to send a shout out to a lot of people who are on IG and Facebook Live right now. Shout out to Atia Farouz. Shout out to Adia, Jay Love, Estelle Lett, Faith Ash. And moving on with the questions. (laughs) These questions are funny. Who's your favorite superhero and why? My favorite superhero... Create Your Life family is Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. And let me explain to you why. I don't think that Killmonger's a villain. I think that he might be an anti-hero. But the reason why I like Killmonger is because, number one, I, I like the style. Number two, I thought that he was focused and that he had a certain dedication to his goal that a lot of people don't have because he was willing to do whatever it took in order to get to his goal. And that right there, I can respect. So that's why Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger is my favorite superhero. And I also like Gambit from X-Men because I thought Remy LeBeau, I thought he had like a, a really dope swag. So I love that about him. Number six, what are you most excited about for your upcoming trip to Africa? Okay, I see somebody's been listening. <laughs> Okay, Africa, I'm excited to be outside of my element and to learn. I'm really going to walk in with like my eyes wide open and just listening, using those two ears like we talked about earlier in this episode. Just listening to their stories and understanding culture of people on the continent and being humble. I'm excited to see the person that I'm going to be on the other end of this. 
And that is really, really has me excited and thirsty for knowledge. Most of all, knowledge of life, because I feel like you can learn so much from people and from their ways of being. And I just think that this is going to be an opportunity and an experience that is going to stretch me and turn me into a completely different version of Kevin than I've ever been. So I'm just super excited about it. Wow. Here's another one. (laughs) Are you going to write another book? Yes, I have every intention on writing another book. I've written down like eight different titles, eight different possible books that I can write. And so I'm actually really going to press that, which I did with the 10 success lessons that I learned from Beyonce's dad. You can go to CYLseries.com and download that just by signing up. So yes, there are more books coming from me, I promise. Next question. What do I usually do after the show? That is a good one. Okay. After the show, I usually take the guest and I interview them again on camera. We have video content and then I'll take and I'll get the show off the archive. And then I usually take the the guest out after the show or I'll go home and start prepping for the show for what's going to come out and give an instruction to the audio engineers on how the show needs to be edited. So that's what usually takes place afterwards. But the night still goes on and there's a lot of prep work and post work that needs to be done in order to make sure that the show and everything runs smoothly. Because at this point right now, Create Your Life series works like a machine. Another question, how do I prepare for a speech? That is actually a really good question. Preparing to give a speech has a lot of different components to it. I would say for me, one of the biggest things that I do with a client is is I actually have them fill out a questionnaire so I know exactly what it is they're looking for. And then from there, I create themes and stories that can wrap around. But I always want to make sure that there are tangible takeaways for the audience. And I always make sure that I start with my end goal. What is it that I want the audience to walk away with? And then from there, it's about practice and running through the speech. So I'll go somewhere that might have a ton of distractions and I'll practice in that environment. I don't do it as much now because I've been a professional speaker for about seven years now, but I will definitely go somewhere that is high in distractions and I will make sure that I can focus in and deliver my message within a specific time frame. But then I also what I'll do is 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 I write out the speech word for word, go over it, go over it, go over it, go over it multiple, multiple, multiple times. And then from there, I'll actually do a arrow chart where I just write one point to the next point and then write out my transitions. And that's me basically making sure that I can recite the entire speech just by writing it line by line, but just moving through it. And that's just like a brief summary of me doing it. And then from there, I'll study it. Then I'll like take like a 20 minute nap and then I'll wake back up and I'll get back into it. And then I just think through it. And then I'll get up and I start practicing my actions of what I'm going to do at each particular time. Doing a presentation, it's a performance, especially if it's a keynote. you need to perform well, but the only way for you to perform well is to actually engage your audience. And in order for you to engage your audience, then you really, really have to have them involved and make sure that your presentation is about them. That's a big thing that speakers oftentimes overlook is that your presentation is never about you. A lot of times people go in with their ego. It's about me and it's about what I'm trying to accomplish. No, it's about giving people value so that they can walk away and do some amazing things. Uh, so with that being said, we are going to cut to a quick musical break. We're going to come back and we're also going to have our Taiwanish on. He's going to talk about and we're going to talk about doing the hard things and things that need to be accomplished, working on a presentation and, and making things happen. So beautiful people. We'll be back in a bit. Here we go with uh, Whitney Houston. This is one I personally like. That's that I'm every woman. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the behind the scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. 
We are back. That was I Am Every Woman by Whitney Houston. And I love that track. It just has great energy. It makes you want to get up and dance right here, right now in the studio. So if you were watching on Facebook Live, then you know that I was actually here dancing. But without further ado, I told you today that we we're going to talk about doing the hard things. And so we have a special guest contributor, Todd Wanish of Clever Error on the line right now. Todd, are you there? I am, man. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. Nah, absolutely, man. You know, when it comes to doing the hard things and making stuff happen, man, you are one of the go-to people to have on the show. So Todd, man, take us away. Tell us a little bit about why you felt like this was an important subject to talk about today and talk about it. It's really something that came out this week. You know, and as some of the listeners might know, with Clever Era, we're working on a new program, a new course. We're teaching people how to launch their businesses and how to take their businesses to that next level and kind of scale up from zero to one. And something dawned on me. It really came to me over Father's Day and as I'm working through this process and something that my dad once told me, and that is you can't be afraid to do the hard thing. And he said, there's one piece of life advice that I could give you. It is to go out and do the hard thing things. And it took me a long time to understand what that actually means, right? When you're told something like that as a kid, you're like, okay, dad, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds deep. Thanks. And then you kind of go back to doing whatever it was that you were doing. But as I've gotten older, uh, especially becoming a father and working on my business, and especially seeing what else is out there in the marketplace, you really begin to realize what that actually means. And what that actually means is that the difference between what an entrepreneur is, of that type of person, that entrepreneurial spirit, and pretty much everybody else, is that we wake up every day and we have the exact same fears that, quote-unquote, regular people do. I still get butterflies in my stomach when I got a cold call a customer. I get butterflies in my stomach when I got to stand up in front of people and talk. All this kind of stuff. It's nothing different. There's nothing really that separates the entrepreneurial mind or the entrepreneurial person from the regular person. The only difference is that that entrepreneur makes a conscious decision to stand up and wake up every morning and say, today, I am going to do the hard thing. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not easy. It's supposed to be a challenge. It's supposed to be hard. That's what overcoming obstacles is. And I see that with the people that I'm working with, the, the beta group, the, the uh, cohort that I have going through my program right now. They're busting through walls and they're having their own emotional journey. We all have these personal and internal barriers that stop us from getting to that next level. And it's only by confronting those hard things and then attacking them head on that we can actually move ourselves to the next level and really create our lives in the way that we want to create them. That makes sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I guess for me, what are some of the, the challenges are doing the hard work for you specifically? What are some of those things that you have to Well, do? a lot of it comes from self-motivation. When you're on your own and when you're a business person, it's a very lonely thing, right? It's a very lonely profession. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. you're not working with other people. And if you are, well, it's usually your team. They're the people that look up to you and look to you to, for guidance. Right. So it's very difficult to make decisions and to go with your gut enough and know enough to be confident in that decision and that wherever the chips may fall, that result is something that you have to live with, right? It's confidence perspective. It's a mindset. So one of the big challenges, one of the hard things that we have to do is, you know, I have to wake up every morning. And again, I don't have a boss. It's just me. And I could just as easily wake up late Right. I don't. No one tells me to set the alarm clock. I don't have to go anywhere. It's very, very easy to treat every day like a weekend. But if you do that, you're dead. You're gone. Just forget about it. So, and you're talking about as a business, you're dead. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Part of doing that hard thing is waking up and being on the mission and staying on the mission and realizing that this is something that you're driven to do. Very difficult. The hard things wrap both of the actual laborious 
challenges within a business, the actual things you have to do, and the mindset of the entrepreneur. A lot of the times when we fail as entrepreneurs, if you have a business that fails, I mean, these, these kind of things can be devastating because this company that you put your lifeblood into, if it doesn't work out, you might need to talk to some people. You might actually need to get help. Like it really, I've seen it firsthand where someone's company skyrocketed, got all the press in the world and looked like it was going to be amazing. Uh, and then something happens and the company folds and it's just emotionally, psychologically devastating to that person, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's just so much energy and it's such a challenge. And that's part of doing the hard things. You are laying your cards out on the table. It is much easier to talk about something and daydreaming about doing it than actually doing it. And it may or may not actually succeed. Yeah. Speaking of doing the hard things, like you said earlier, you know, entrepreneurship itself is hard on a daily basis. I'm questioning my sanity. You know, and then you have the, the burnout, you know, moving through that and pushing through it and saying, hey, you know what? I'm doing this because I love it. And I know that if I was doing anything else, it wouldn't be fulfilling. Yeah, it's hard. It makes you question your sanity and it makes you question whether or not you should have been taking another route similar to friends or something like that. And then at the end of the day, it also makes you understand that, you know what? I am this unique individual and I'm doing this because I have to follow my heart and my dreams and stick to my word. Really quickly, I want to give a shout out to Lakeisha Ogletree and James Crawford, who are here on Facebook Live. And James Crawford, he said, yeah, especially in NYC, it's tough to be an entrepreneur. I think that prime example, us recently launching uh, Podcast Laundry. So we wanted to help podcasters doing the hard work. That was hard going out and literally asking people, hey, what is it that's taking you the longest time? All these different things, asking these complete strangers, man, what are some of the other things that are hard for you, Todd, specifically? that you have to push through. I'll wrap this up and I'll give you a little way that I work around it as well. Mm -hmm. um, because it wouldn't be Create Your Life if we were just, <laughs> this is the thing that sucks and then we right. just leave it at that. Absolutely. So it's good to have a solution to it too. And both the solution and the problem are wrapped up in what I consider to be the definition of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And the definition that I use as to what an entrepreneur is, mm -hmm. is an entrepreneur is somebody that takes personal responsibility mm -hmm. for somebody else's problem. I'm going to say that again because this is not in the dictionary, right? It mm -hmm. should be. But an entrepreneur is somebody that takes personal responsibility for somebody else's problem. And what that means is that it's not about you. It's about your customer. It's about your client. It's about everybody else, not you. So part of the doing the hard work, the doing of the hard thing is realizing that your dream, your success is wrapped up in other people's success. It's not about you. One of the big uh, catastrophic emotional problems that can happen is when you have a founding team or a founder who builds a business because they want to build a business and they want to build this business. And they put all their blood, sweat, and tears into building whatever it is that they want to build. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't work out, it's a personal attack. They take it very, very personally because it was a personal, it started from a personal place. That makes sense? No, absolutely. You know, vanity metrics, right? It's all about you versus all about the customer, which is how people take L's from the business standpoint anyway. Keep going. I'm sorry. Good. Right. Exactly right. And this is where the solution comes in. So the problem is when you think about you and you don't actually think about the true definition of entrepreneurship, it doesn't matter what your business is. You are solving somebody else's problem. You've already technically by having a business, you've solved the problem for yourself, right? If you had that problem and you built a business to solve that problem, you don't have that problem anymore. So it's not about you even from the start, right? You've done it. You fixed it. You take that responsibility when you say, okay, I'm going to bring this to market and I'm going to serve other people. And one of the other gems that I've kind of, I'm still formulating it to be quite 
quite honest. But if you look at people who created just incredible businesses, like the Walt Disney's, Mm -hmm. right? If you look at WWE or Marvel Entertainment, you as the entrepreneur, you're creating your own universe, right? You're creating your own universe. And your job specifically is to create superheroes. And what I mean by that is that people are coming to you and you are taking responsibility for their problem. You show them the solution or you provide the solution to them. And therefore, they become evangelists. They become superheroes who now have not only squashed their problem, Mm -hmm. right? They have then gone out and said, hey, this guy, this person over here can solve that problem as well. Right. Hey, you solved it for me. Look at how well I'm doing. And by having your clients or your customers become superheroes, whatever solution it is that you provided to them, that builds your universe. Mm-hmm. The success of your customers, it's like creating a new Mickey Mouse over here, a new Goofy over here, or a Superman or a Batman. It's not one to one. Obviously, we're not dressing them up. It's not like everyone has superpowers. However, if you've ever wondered why companies, if you've ever gone to meetups and you, or you go to tech companies and you see companies giving away stickers or you see them giving away t-shirts mm-hmm. or other kinds of swag, mm-hmm. well, what is that? Well, if you think about it, it's almost like that company is giving you a cape. Right. They're, they are giving you the costume that happens to have their logo or their insignia on it. And for your customers, your clients, the people who succeed because you showed them the way to success. They're joining your team. They're joining your supergroup. And you have, by taking responsibility for their problem, you are helping them take responsibility for other people's problems in their own business. That makes sense? Yeah, I like it. It's an empowerment stance. Yeah. I guess for me, my definition of entrepreneur is a little bit different. I like yours. I guess ours can coexist. And what I would say is, is that entrepreneurship is living for a while like others won't so that you can live like others can't. You can mm. put whichever time snap that you want on there. You can say, I'll live a couple of years like others won't. So I can live the rest of my life like others can't. I'll live a couple months like others won't and live 10 years, however you put it. But it's essentially that definition. And I think that that really boils down and comes right back into doing the hard work. So is your definition, it sounds like it's more about focusing on living by example. I think what it is, is it's around the mindset of what it takes to really be an entrepreneur, because you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have stresses, and you're going to have experiences that can be less than pleasant for an extended period of time. But then you can hit what you could call paradise or hit the sweet spot. And then consistently things are better, right? Think about Jeff Bezos before. There's this picture, this meme of him, you know, in this office working and he's got Amazon like written with a marker on the I've wall. I've got that, that image on my phone. Exactly. <laughs> and so just think about that. He started mm-hmm. out, he was living like others won't. And now he's living like others can't. Right. Because he was willing to do the hard work and willing to do the stuff that was unpopular. And so when you say entrepreneur, that to me, the realest definition of it. But needless to say, why our two points can coexist is because you said that you have to take on someone else's problem. And what does Amazon do? They solve problems. Oh, you know what? It takes too long for me to order something, you know, that's being sold in Chicago for it to get to California or from California to New York. And now you can get it in two days. So he's taking other people's problems. And so that's why it's so important as an entrepreneur to really understand that, hey, you know what? This is not about me. It's not called the Jeff Bezos company. It's not called Todd Wanish's company. This show is not the Kevin Brown show, right? I'm just the host of it. And I think for me, a lot of times when I see people and they have the business and the business is their name, all I see is limits. 
I think it's also interesting too, man, is that you bring up another good point, which is when we talk about doing the hard thing and living how others can't and kind of showing the way, I think an example of that is right here, the show. People have this glossy idea of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to look at Mark Zuckerberg and be like, man, that dude's had it all. So easy to look at the founders of Google or like post-success. You can look right. at, at Bezos now. A dude looks jacked. He's got you know, $150 billion or something. Like It's insane. It's so easy to look at that success and be like, oh, I can't do that. Or man, if I could just have what that guy's got. And you never actually see the process. And right. I think part of doing the hard thing, especially what you're doing, right? Like this show, like you, by doing this type of show and telling people, being honest and transparent, and you're like, hey, everybody, this is what I'm doing this week. Well, this is what I'm working on. This is what we got to get better at. By putting that out there, you're showing people the journey. It's warts and all. Some of it's good and some of it's not good and some of it's going to get better and it's all across the map. But by being transparent and by being open, that is not easy. It is much easier to just stay tucked away, have your business blow up, mm -hmm. you know, get that first seven figures and then come out and be like, hey, I got seven figures. Here's how you do it. But by then, you've already separated yourself from everybody else. People are looking at you like, man, this, yeah, it'd be easy if I had a million dollars. I could spend $3,000 a month on advertising, too. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But it's showing the way and being transparent about the journey and not stressing out about what will people think if this business fails or what will people think if I'm public about what I'm working on and you know, if somebody takes my idea, like all this kind of stuff that people worry about it. That's part of doing the hard thing is saying, you know what? I'm just going to be out. I'm just going to be out there and show people what I'm working on. I've got an idea and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell people about the idea. And because I put myself against the wall by telling people that idea, maybe mm -hmm. I'll actually get off my butt and do the idea. Yeah. There's this thing. I listened to this motivational tape by Steve Chandler. It's called 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself. And one of the first things that he says on there within the 100 Ways is he says, show me a person who is concerned with how they look or how others observe them. I'll show you a person that you can beat every single time. That's right. And that is one of the truest statements. And, you know, when you're speaking of doing the hard work, it's the stuff nobody wants to do this. When I gave that speech to those eighth graders, mm -hmm. it was very interesting because when I talked about my biggest accomplishments, mm -hmm. talk about being a host for MTV, talking about one of the top clothing companies here in New York, talk about getting the show on SiriusXM, talking about just closing my biggest speaking engagement deal to date. It has taken months. In every situation, in every one of these four things, it has been me calling almost every day and emailing consistently, even when I don't get a reply back. And right. what's funny is I'll take it a step further. When I wanted to go to college and I was in high school, I was in California on Pacific Standard Time, PST, and I was calling back to the East Coast in Atlanta. I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning so I can call at nine o'clock on a dot to find out if I had got accepted to college. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I could get through, sometimes I couldn't, and I would have to go, you know, wait until I got to school. But these were the things that I was doing. And so you talk about doing the hard work and doing the stuff that's not popular, man. It sucks. And you're kind of like, why am I calling these people? Why am I emailing these people? And then you get the opportunity for the speaking engagement 10 months later. Yep. I've been working on this for 10 months just to get to this point. But that's the way it works. I was fortunate enough to work at Marvel Entertainment years ago for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And the way I got that job was through a conversation that I had with a friend four years before. Wow. One conversation. One conversation. 
And I, said, and I just dropped it. I was like, yeah, hey, man, if you know I got my own business, I would actually close. Hell, that was all do the hard thing. I'll tell you the story real quick. I had an um, animation studio, boutique mm-hmm. animation studio. We were working with a lot of the musical acts, like hip-hop acts. We were located in Brooklyn. We had clients. I had freelancers. I mm-hmm. uh, had a nice little studio space. Business was good, man. We were fine. And I told a friend of mine who had just at that time gotten a job at Marvel. Was I just in jest almost as I came? He was telling me about it. He was like, "Yeah, man, I know you were a huge comic fan." I was like, "Yeah, dude, I love comics. I'm I'm still a comic nerd." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I just wanted to tell you the good news." I was like, "Absolutely, man. That is congratulations. That's awesome." By the way, if you ever need an animation, something animated for Marvel, dude, I will do it for free. <laughs> right? I will. Right. I will do such a good job. And that was it. We kind of laughed about it. And that was it. I didn't think twice about it. Four mm-hmm. years later, the business, mm-hmm. my business is bigger, <laughs> right? It was still going strong. And he calls me up and he was like, hey, man, remember a long time ago when you told me you kind of wanted to do something? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. He's like, were you serious? I was like, of course, yeah. He's like, well, the thing is, it's like a full-time position. You'd have to shut down your business. And I was like, man. And that was the part of the doing the hard thing. I didn't need to shut my business down. I took a pay cut from going from your own boss with a business that's actually growing and turning off the lights. I cried that night when I had to turn the lights off to the studio and lock the door and hand in the keys. But I knew that for me to grow as a business owner, I had always worked for myself. I had never worked for another company. You know, and I knew that there was only so much I could learn from books and kind of being on my own. I needed a, another mentorship session. And I was like, well, I'm going to just learn what I need to learn from Marvel. Why not? Can I do that? Yes, I did. Right. But it was very, very hard. That's part of doing the hard thing. Right? Yeah, and that's what the sacrifice is about. And so create your life family. That's the thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you're about to go on, man. We got 20 seconds. Keep so, going. Yeah. So we got 20 seconds. So Todd, man, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show here today. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> That's why I always have to call you. You're my first person to call. Todd is very passionate, man, and I love that about him. So Create Your Life family, we want to say thank you for being with us. Continue to create your life, and we'll see you here next time. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York, or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your liver. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.